Hello, Galaxy. Chris Perillo here, recording a podcast again. I really still don't know what that means. I didn't even know what it meant when people kept calling it a podcast. I just kept calling it a show. However you choose to listen to me, I'm happy to have you there on the other side of the experience. I am curious to know uh, how you decide to take in my content no matter where I happen to publish it because I am pretty much everywhere. I shared a video yesterday uh, suggesting that people should find me in their favorite podcasting client, uh, Chris Perillo quite simply, is the name of this podcast because that's what people search for. And you might as well find me wherever you're looking. Um, some people, in response to that video, uh, were a little concerned that I was spreading myself too thin. But here's the thing. This is what you got to know about me. I talk a lot. I talk a lot to myself. And uh, even if no one's listening, I'm talking, which is you know, a little frustrating because at times I'm looking for some kind of feedback especially if there's something that I really want to talk about. Moreover, when I am speaking to a camera, I can speak differently. I'm able to demonstrate things. I'm able to show things sometimes. I'm mostly a talking head, though, when it comes to video. And even with podcasting, it's, 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 it's just a different format. I, I, I'm probably going to talk about different things. Now, in the initial reboot, this episode uh, that I recorded uh, yesterday to effectively ask if this is something you wanted me to do, I also suggested that you should use Anchor, if only because you can call into the show. And we had a few people do a call in to the podcast. Uh, I'm not effectively able to integrate them right now because there's a certain bug in the app that I have reported. They're looking into a fix. So the last thing I want to do is start recording and have to do it all over again. But I do really relish the interactivity. So as this podcast, this show, this format progresses, uh, don't be shy. Uh, call in using the Anchor app. Um, I, I haven't used it extensively, but I guess it's pretty darn popular, uh, certainly with people who uh, record tech podcasts. I like the idea of interactivity. Uh, but instead, uh, since I do have many abilities to stream live online, today I'm trying to stream uh, directly onto Twitch. Uh, if only because, yes, I have some subs, and uh, you get to sub to me on Twitch as, as a value for that, even if you're doing it for free with your Amazon Prime account connected to Twitch, you get access to the Discord chat, which is open 24-7. You also get access to the Discord chat if you're a patron of mine, patreon.com slash chrisperillo. Uh, of course, twitch.tv slash chrisperillo is also where you can go. I'm, I'm usually sharing those links anywhere and everywhere, so that's, that's not too difficult, I think, for, for anybody out there who's, who's a little bit tech-savvy. Uh, today, I wanted to talk uh, about just how excited I was uh, earlier during the, the live broadcast of the, of the Google Keynote. This was uh, highly anticipated for me, and I didn't really have a chance to, to, to kind of talk through my personal feelings as, as I was listening to what was playing out. Uh, I did that broadcast live in the Chris Perillo YouTube channel, and then, of course, I, I followed that up with a, a live AMA TLDR in the Locker Gnome YouTube channel. And it, it was a lot of fun to see everybody else's responses, but, you know, I, I guess to me, I, I felt kind of uh, reinvigorated, reinterested in something that quite honestly is, has not been interesting for me. It, it's been perfunctory. 
I see a, a great amount of devices and uh, so-called experiences on a regular basis, but for better or for worse, they just don't they they don't resonate with me. I'm not inclined to adopt new tech as quickly as other people are. It's not something that I, I look to do, if only because it just creates more hassle and headache. And I look for technology solutions that aren't just objects which sit there siphoning energy, siphoning attention, uh, and, and really not adding any kind of value to my life. I've always uh, struggled with that, knowing that it would get better over time incrementally. And I've been waiting to get re-excited about something. But as many people know, I, I, I don't really care about the things that a lot of other techies care about. They want to talk about the hardware. And I, I just find the hardware melts away, or at least it should. And today, the first time in a long time, I felt like a major uh, player in this space of gadgetry and technology, consumer products, consumer electronics, I felt like they were talking directly to me. And, and I'm not sure how that resonated with other people out there, but it meant a lot to me to hear Google effectively assuage any one of my concerns in terms of possibly opening myself up to living a more googly lifestyle. I'm pixelated. I uh, you know, was listening with, with caution, knowing full well that you don't see that kind of presentation all that often. And when I say that, I'm talking specifically about a presentation that speaks to the heart of what technology does. I've repeated the saying again and again uh, in terms of uh, pervasiveness of technology rather than invasiveness, which we are currently you know, having to deal with. Uh, invas invasiveness of technology, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a, a terrible challenge. Terrible hurdles to overcome. Things that aren't push-button simple are terrible. Um, experiences in software that are lackluster uh, or lacking in general. When Google set the stage, Rick Osterloh pretty much said it. You know, it's it's about the software, and this is what I've been uh, you know, screaming, <laughs> literally for years. Some people remember the time that I spent on a television network hosting a show called Call for Help. Uh, that was a great two years. Some people think that even if they saw me on that network, that's when my career began. But it is not. Those who remember and know uh, understand that uh, I, I started down this path with Locker Gnome as an email newsletter back in the mid-90s, sharing my discoveries of software and websites and experiences uh, with people from all around the world. It, it was uh, amazing to be able to do something like that because I was looking for awesome things online. Myself, and I just parlayed that into effectively sharing that information, and uh, you know, uh, pulled from my experience uh, as uh, as a writer, as a lover of uh, words in general, and uh, effectively wrote and shared that information on a near daily basis. So I had the opportunity to host a TV show because I was already aware of what one could do, not just with hardware, but specifically with software. 
I was able to pull off what I pulled off, not because I understood Google, because if you might remember in the time range, this is about 2001, 2002, Google was barely getting off the ground. I didn't really have a, a, an easy way of getting to the things that you can get to today. You just kind of had to know your stuff, unlike you know modern times when all you need to do is just search for something. We've, we had to be our own Googles back in the day. And uh, I, I, was, it, I, I was offered the position to host the show, not just because I, I had a mastery of what software can do or what specific software uh, uh, was available to solve people's problems on a live call-in show. That was very well produced. Um, and I also had the ability to talk and speak and be personable. Some people like that personality, other people not so much, but it's always been my own. And that's what drew me into, uh, you know, computing, home computing in general. Just loving what software could unlock, those experiences. And it, it seems that for the longest time, software has seemingly taken a back seat. And this is what really angers me because I, I see so much misguided punditry highlighting and elevating you know, the, the sleek form of any one of these devices. And, and certainly, there's, there's time to appreciate w the aesthetic, the design of an object, specifically what Google's doing with their new, uh, I believe it's a Home Mini, these little uh, smart speakers, so to speak. They, they make them look like they just blend in with decor, as well they should. I've also long said that technology that looks like technology, I believe, is by and large a failure. If it just doesn't melt in with your experience, uh, I don't know why you'd want that. I mean, I'm sure you don't mind. Most of the people who would listen to me don't mind. I don't want that. Some people are sometimes shocked to believe that uh, I would say such a thing. How could you not like it? Because well, it just it sticks out like a sore thumb <sighs> to me. That's why I don't hold on to a lot of gadgets. It's not the gadget that ever impresses me. It's what the gadget does. I don't need too many gadgets around me to let you know which tools are effective for whatever job. And there's no one tool to rule them all. And then, of course, you have people who live in one camp or another. And ultimately, the best camp to live in is your camp. And recognizing that your camp doesn't have to be better than another camp. It's just different. Because your needs are different. Because your perceptions are different. Because your bias is different. Well, I'm here to tell you my bias is software. Experience. A, a product that is less a product and simply an enabler. When Google talks this game, AI plus software plus hardware, I think to me, that was the biggest announcement today. Or certainly the most interesting to me. And I, I don't think it's all that new. It's just they've repackaged or effectively, you know, uh, you know, underscored that with what appears to be a serious take on hardware. Google is finally encroaching upon Apple's territory in terms of creating a cohesive experience and almost blending the best of both worlds of, uh, uh, you know, licensing their platforms to OEMs. And, and, you know, they get their own like made by or made by Google products or approved by Google products, whatever that new label is. Um, haven't studied it too much, as Microsoft has, has tried to do. And, and, and they've got uh, also their own controlled experiences, which Microsoft has 
tried to do and has, to a certain degree, uh, accomplished, but is closer to the Apple approach to technology lifestyle than Microsoft ever was. And that, to me, is is absolutely thrilling. And I think they're right. Their approach to AI is um, almost spot on, down to uh, the camera. So there's a lot of sentiment that I've seen in social, which suggests that it's not impressive because it only has one lens, this Google Pixel 2 and the, the Pixel 2 XL, which, by the way, I think are... <laughs> Not amazing names. When you start throwing numbers into names, it's just like, uh, can't, can't we get past that? I, I tell you, I do appreciate the naming convention of, uh, of Android. It's fun. Well, you got to wonder, and maybe they've figured this out, and I, I just haven't researched it deep enough, but what are they going to do when they get to Z? <laughs> are we going to go with numbers? Are we going to start all over again with A? I don't know. But the... Uh, 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 the idea that one camera is somehow inferior to two cameras, I think, is is uh, missing the point of what the camera is supposed to do. The camera is supposed to take a picture, right? You want it to be a good picture, don't you? What does it matter if you've got three cameras or one camera? If the camera or camera array ultimately takes a better picture, that's the one you want. And if a better picture is snapped by one lens versus two lenses, well, I'm not sure what the complaint is. Now, I also understand that having two lenses allows for you know, various uh, levels of effects that may be mirrored in software, that may uh, continue to get polished in software. Um, but you, you also got you know, the, the, the zoom effect. You've, you've got other values in having two cameras. But, but just having two cameras is not the whole story. A good picture is the whole story. That's what matters. That's what matters to me. It's one of the reasons I get agitated when I take a picture and someone asks me what camera I, I, I used for it. Who do you, who, who, what do you care? What do you care what camera I used? I, used? I used a camera that was good enough that you're asking me what camera I used. That's what you need to know. Just enjoy the picture. Sit back and enjoy the picture. Because you know what? If you were handed the same camera I had and tried to get the same shot, you wouldn't have. Because the camera doesn't snap the picture. Your eye does. It's what you see. The camera is merely an extension of your eye, capturing that moment in time. And certain cameras do better in certain conditions. There are you know, various you know, uh, you know, benchmarks that could show how you know, one camera apparatus handles situations better than another. And that usually boils down to uh, how your eye perceives any particular image. I always appreciate those double-blind uh, types of uh, comparisons because that removes any kind of confirmational bias. Certainly, you want to have the best camera on you uh, because that's the best camera. Uh, and, and that, to me, is, is one of the compelling uh, you know, uh, reasons why I think Google is taking the right approach to just, at this point, just having one lens. It doesn't mean that two can't come at some point. But the fact that they're uh, uh, tweaking in software is very exciting. To me, because that indicates that the hardware is going to get better over time because software. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do that. It's just an indicator. When Google says they can improve it in software and they want to improve it in software, I'm more inclined to believe them. But that's me. I, I, I can't be the only one. I believe Google when they say that they're going to improve software and improve it in software. I'm not so sure I believe Apple. 
Because Apple's been given that excuse for a, a great number of years. And they never do. Or the, the cycle starts all over again. I don't think Google ha- can, can afford the same uh, um, approach. A haphazard approach to software development. Uh, the, the, the stakes are different for Google. Not just because they've got a, a greater install base... But they're also kind of uh, uh, um, in, in second place in terms of brand and devices. So you know, I had a conversation. I, I'll, I'll keep his name, uh, you know, secret for now. We had a, we had a brief talk this afternoon. He said, "Well, you know, you you seem to be pretty impressed with that Pixel." I'm like, "Yeah, I am." That's like I think it's like everything I I, I may want in a phone. I mean, could it, could it be better? Sure, every phone could be better. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But does it provide enough that that, that that can show me there's a greater experience to be unlocked in software and hardware and service? Yeah, it is. I believe it is. At a distance, I believe it is based upon, un, uh, uh, based upon known successes, specifically with uh, Apple product or not just Apple products, but specifically the Google Pixel line. And it's it's nascent. It's new. It's not uh, 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 you know well established like Apple. This is really their their second year, a sophomore effort. But man, they hit the gro- ground running uh, last year, and and I feel more confident with every passing year. I feel more confident that, that Google's taking hardware seriously, and they need to because we need better experiences. The industry needs competition, and for the longest time, it, it hasn't. True competition for Apple, certainly. If anybody watched. The Google presentation, which I was, <laughs> I was, I was very excited about, very excited for, uh, and still thinks that the iPhone 10 is going to provide a better software experience and integrate with your existing experiences at home in a seamless, as seamless a capacity. Uh, I'd be curious to know where your head's at, because as much as I've said. The iPhone killer is the iPhone, or the next iPhone. <laughs> the next iPhone may very well be the iPhone killer. <laughs> that is true. And I don't mean that in a good way, because that uh, sentiment can be taken one of two ways. I don't believe that uh, the 10 is, is going to provide a, a good uh, experience, outright software experience, that I'd be uh, hungering for. Now, you take a look at what Google's doing, and it's more than just the phone. And this is what I was talking about with my friend. It, it's more than just advice. It's, it's more than just this one thing. It's the fact that this one thing works well, looks nice, maybe a little utilitarian, but that's fine. It's, it's a device. It's not a fashion statement to me. Maybe it is to you. Uh, you know, I'm going to be looking at the screen. Not the back of the phone, not the sides of the phone. I'm going to be using the software. Not the platter that serves up the software necessarily. And, and as, as soon as I started to connect the dots for him, I think he, he better understood why I was impressed with what Google said. It's, it's not just about the Pixel. It's about how the Pixel integrates with the Pixelbook, how the Pixelbook and the, the Pixel now integrate with the Google Assistant. The Google Assistant now integrates with these Google Home devices. And the Google Home devices can recognize you've got this person and that person. And the software enables a, a certain a level of uh, control uh, in a family environment that iOS just doesn't or Apple hasn't figured out yet. They're they're really nailing down that experience in a way that I haven't 
I, I haven't had any inkling to, to believe uh, for the past number of years. Someone asked in the uh, Twitch chat, since I am simulcasting this, though the Twitch video I'm broadcasting on will not be saved for posterity, uh, I'm just going to be keeping the podcast. Of course, you can subscribe in any of your favorite podcast verticals. Uh, not uh, not to be missed, also, um, Luckman Patino is a sub of mine on Twitch, which means he gets the he or she gets the uh, access to the Discord chat 24-7. Hey, Chris, make a top five on how Google can beat Apple. All right, I'm going to take you up on that challenge. I'll, I'll write some things down, and, and maybe uh, uh, that'll be the subject for tomorrow's podcast, possibly. I'll do my best. Uh, and, and to be honest, and, and, and not to... to um, fudge the details because I do believe that it, it is possible. And I also understand that sometimes beating a, a competitor's relative, there is no winner in a race that never ends. It's been a while since I've said that, but it's true. What I think is uh, uh, exciting is that um, it, it's, it's new to me. Uh, and that, that part of that, of course, is is very exciting. I uh, did something that I don't think I've ever done <laughs> during a live video, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I effectively pre-ordered the Pixel 2, the Pixel 2 XL, and the Pixel Book, like that. As soon as someone in the, the YouTube live video on the Chris Perillo YouTube channel said, hey, there, it's up, you can, you can order it. I'm like, what? And I checked, and I couldn't see anything. He says, no, for real. So I went back, I refreshed, and he was right, he or she. And uh, I ordered in the middle of the live stream. Why did I do that? Um, Because I knew these were going to be hot items. Even though uh, the Nexus line wasn't necessarily designed for commercial success, I believe Google's attempting a different approach with the Pixel. And I'm not going to say Apple should watch out, but Apple needs to step up its game because it's been uh, falling woefully behind an experience for far too long. I want Apple to rival Pixel such that uh, or, I'm sorry, Apple to rival Google or the iOS devices to rival Android or what Google's doing specifically with Chrome OS, Android, the Pixel line of products as it's branded. It's kind of surprising that, that they, they didn't use the branding Pixel for the, the Google Home devices, though there's no real screen on the Pixel Home, so it wouldn't make as much sense, I guess. But I, I'd, be, I'd be fine if Pixel was spun out, as I've mentioned recently, in, into a separate company. Uh, you know, it, 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 if if we have true competition between these two companies, then it becomes more difficult to make the choices. Right now, from my perspective, it's not that difficult. If you're looking for a best-in-class software experience or even a home experience, Google may have the edge on Apple. I, I do understand Apple's going to be releasing their HomePod uh, eventually, I think that's going to be compared directly to the, uh, the, the Google Home speaker, whatever it's called. I haven't memorized the names. I will likely be getting one. I, and honestly, I wasn't even thinking about getting the Apple speaker at all. The reason why I would consider the Google speaker is because while it may retail, at least in the U.S., for about $400, it comes with a year of YouTube Red for free. So that saves you effectively $120 because I'd be paying for YouTube Red anyway. It's like one of my favorite services. I love it. For two reasons. One, no ads. Two, you get Google Play Music for free uh, or with the subscription. Uh, And and then uh, the third reason is because uh, I can support my favorite creators on YouTube. And I think they should be created uh, or created, uh, effectively supported. I I prefer that. 
let, let me vote with that. And, and let me tell you, even in doing uh, some of the, the videos I've done recently, either live or re pre-recorded on either the Chris Perillo YouTube channel or the Locker Gnome YouTube channel for TLDR, uh, we do get, I would say, maybe 10% of any kind of, of revenue from YouTube Red up front. Like, that's, that's pretty nice. I would, I would love to improve that. I would love to increase that. But, uh, you know, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, uh, something that I can effectively control. It's largely based upon the people who watch me and whether or not they subscribe to YouTube Red. So if you want to save 120 bucks and unlock an amazing experience, you put yourself down in that column for, uh, for, for ordering the, the Google Home Pod speaker thing. That's not the name. That's not the word for it. I sometimes get tripped up in the, uh, the terminology of this stuff. In the Twitch chat, once again, uh, even though I am using uh, Anchor as the, the broadcasting base for uh, recording the podcast, largely because of its call-in integration, so you should download it and do a call-in if you can. Um, the Tennessee Stud, who is also a sub of mine on Twitch, make sure you get access to the uh, chat room there on Discord. He says, love, play, music. I, uh, I agree. I love it as well. And I, I, I haven't used it all that much. But on iOS, as an app experience is concerned, I think Google Play Music is far more intelligible uh, music product than Spotify or Apple Music. Like, it runs laps around them. Even on iOS. I just like the layout. It's cleaner. It's, it's easier. It's better organized. It, it doesn't really throw anything in my face that I don't want to see. I'm able to navigate it without feeling like... Uh, I'm being overwhelmed by something that just doesn't need to be there. Once again, underscoring my belief that Apple has no idea what it's doing with design anymore. I should also note that the Tennessee stud also said, uh, I subbed today as, a uh, as my contribution to your Pixel. Thank you. And was a patron too. Thank you. Double over. It helps. Given that I don't have an overarching sponsor for devices on a regular basis, today was a very expensive day. So now I'm kind of backpedaling and saying, uh, can I find a sponsor? Uh, I don't want to lose my shirt if I do this. And there's so many other devices I got to look at. So if I don't, if I don't nail things down, uh, Chris ain't going to be looking at a lot of devices. So every little bit helps. Thank you for your support in whatever way that you see fit to give it on any platform. I'm agnostic that way. You'll find that and this may surprise you. I'm agnostic in a lot of areas in my life. If you want to ask me anything, you know, I I I, I always reserve the uh, the right to change my mind. It it makes me nervous when 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 someone doesn't, and it becomes a, a little more clear to you, even even inside a camp, uh, you know, of, of fans. Yeah, I I know when someone's out of line. Like that's just not it's not right. That's very, it's that's where I believe some people treat these platforms like a religion. It's not a religion. You know, your, your identity is not wrapped up in these uh, inanimate objects, or shouldn't be. Unless, of course, they're Star Wars objects. <laughs> okay, can you believe earlier I said my most, the most exciting part of the presentation when it was when they put software in there and AI and hardware? Uh, it wasn't Star Wars, although that's, that's, that's what kind of sealed the deal for me. I was already in. I was already pixelated. But I was even more so... When they talked about uh, the, the, the Google Home integration with Star Wars in some capacity, which, oh, so thrilling. And then, of course, the, uh, the integrated uh, AR uh, little objects, which is awesome. I, I uh, uh, 
I like that stuff. I know it's kind of gimmicky and it's not something I would turn on all the time, but the fact that it's there and it's integrated, I mean, it just makes sense. The fact that they're adding more over time, okay, fine. I turned on uh, Snapchat the other day and it's got an integration um, with, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, oh God, I know the name of it too. I've used it for years, Bitmoji. So you can make your own Bitmoji avatar and then throw it into a scene. So it's not like, you know, AR Kit on iOS was, was all that unique. Google's, you know, pretty much got the same... Um, value proposition for developers, which is nice. We're going to see some some neat apps crop up in uh, um, AR. Now, VR, on the other hand, while I, I'm on the subject of reality, I uh, feel that it's got a ways to go. I can't use Daydream outright. Now, now I, may, I may get one because I think it unlocks a certain experience where I can beam the experience up onto a TV and then I can use it. Um, for the most part, because I think there's some IMAX stuff, like unique free IMAX stuff you can see in Daydream, but I have the problem of motion sickness, like instant headache within minutes. Uh, if the uh, viewer isn't capable of, uh, rendering it 90 Hertz, whether it's the screen or the, the software, uh, you know, 120 is fine, but you know, I think you're past a law of diminishing returns after 90 Hertz. Don't have much experience with VR. The, the other stuff is just too clunky for me. So I, I'm fascinated by it, but I was, I was a little like, oh, man, they, they, they can't use the same kind of uh, screen display, I guess. It would have been really amazing to see them do something like a ProMotion on the phone, which they wouldn't necessarily have needed to use for outright software performance, but specifically to amp it up when Daydream was used. So I, I don't know if Daydream is on my radar, if only because that's, it's, I'll get sick. <laughs> no no technology is worth getting sick over. In, at least in my belief. So when, when I see these announcements, I, I also realize that this is what we're going to have to live with for the next year, for the most part. This is the cycle. This is Google's cycle. Now you have to ask yourself, because I assume you either live in Google's camp or Apple's camp, or maybe you're somewhere in between. Um, which experience do you want to have for the next year? What Apple's doing or what Google's doing? I don't have an answer for you. I can just tell you this, like, my reaction is, oh, Google, without a doubt. Zero doubt in my mind. That tells me everything. That's, that's my gut. And I, I, I tend to trust my gut. You know? The software experience is going to improve. I think more so on Google's part than Apple's, based on his, history, my, my own experiences. I like what Google's doing now, not just about what they're going to ship, but what they're, this is what they're doing what they have right now, what's going to be in my hands, you know, within a, a few weeks' time. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm so excited. You know, I, I am curious to know what everybody else thought. I've been watching Twitter, haven't had a lot of time. I've been digesting a lot of news, a lot of hands-on stuff. A lot of those people just aren't talking about the stuff that I'd rather hear them talking about, specifically software. It's great, it's great. How about the software? You're doing, you know, learning and, and listening and, and watching and reading. Um, you know, I know that Android is not uh, the, uh, the, the perfect place either. There are definitely pitfalls. The Pixel suffered from problems. They, they, most of them happened to be addressed, at least the ones that I could see. Um, I, I am, uh, if, I, if I have any trepidation, specifically with the, the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL, it is specifically uh, in performance, like visual performance. I don't care about benchmarks. That may indicate somewhat like the, what the differences are, but like, do I feel that... Since the, the, the Pixel 2 XL is pushing more pixels, do I feel that performance in terms of scrolling or responsiveness suffers? Um, I, I'm, I'm curious about that. With the rounded corners, I'm not off-put by them outright, 
But if they start to impede the user experience, uh, then I would be greatly concerned, despite everything else, you know, even if it had a bigger screen and better battery life and this, that, and the other thing. I appreciated that there's largely system parity between the two devices, apart from mostly size and, and screen uh, estate. Uh, but it's performance. In talking with um, Ben over at 9to5Google, uh, he said, yeah, no, they're, they're, between the Pixel and the Pixel XL, the original models, there wasn't that much of a difference. Now, I did buy the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL. I am going to be looking for a way to get a hold of a review unit for the Pixel and the Pixel XL. Now, you may be asking, well, Chris, why would you do that? That's old hardware. Well, number one, they're still selling the old hardware. And number two... I think I would like to compare the first pixel to the second, the, the first pixel range to the, uh, range to the second. I'm going to try, you know, if I, I'm not going to buy them outright personally, but you know, if I have a chance to score uh, review units, I, I'd be very, very happy because I'd, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to be able to speak to that. If only coming at it from a, a, a not dyed in the wool Android user, like many people have been, because quite honestly, Android hasn't been all that interesting to me up until recently. Google's approach to this hasn't been interesting to me until recently. So, you know, they're, they're drawing me in much like, uh, you know, Apple had back in the day. Apple just... You want to talk about losing your religion. I think Apple's lost its religion, and I'm certainly not the only person to say that. I'm not saying that as a, you know, uh, because I'm... Trying to be make a personal attack. I'm not lobbing a personal attack against anybody. It's just it's it's what I feel. Because this is very personal. It's personal computing. Speaking of personal computing, I don't know if you caught this in my uh, um, what, what is it? Uh, uh, my social feeds. Uh, I posted on Facebook and Twitter last night at one of the thrift stores. I found an old Vic Twenty, a Commodore Vic Twenty. I haven't talked about it. it. This see, this is the kind of thing that goes in the podcast, right? I'm talking about this stuff. But what goes in the podcast is things that I can't put in the YouTube video, like talking about this Vic-20. I didn't get it. I didn't. It was like $44.99 with a box. But the cables inside looked a little wonky. I mean, it looked like it was in decent condition. I did some you know, initial research on eBay. I'm like, well, I, I think I can find a better package if I wanted to go with a Vic-20. I personally never had a Vic-20, a Commodore Vic-20. But uh, my, uh, my grandfather did. It's, it was one of my first home computing experiences on a black and white TV. I can't say I learned how to program on a VIC-20. I, I did basic, and it was fun. Uh, but you know, I, I did nothing more than just you know, parrot what I found in a manual. It, it, was, uh, it was my uh, uh, my first computer, effectively. Now, the first computer that we had in our home growing up was a Commodore uh, uh, 64, C64. Four. And with that, uh, I know that there's going to be the uh, C64 reboot here later this year, a mini version that comes with a whole bunch of games that I never had. So I'm not as compelled to get it. You know, I'm like, okay, it's kind of fun, and I love the C64. Um, but I, I'll wait. Next year, I think there's going to be the full-size C64. This year, it's like the half-size. I, I, I think I can wait for that one. I'll go for the full-size. I don't know where the hell I'm going to put it. Just like I wouldn't know where the hell I was going to put the VIC-20. It would it'd be more like an impulse buy. Like, oh my God, I got a VIC-20. Now what? I don't even know if it works. If I, if I got a VIC-20, it would probably be a VIC-20, you know, full-on, uh, everything with the box and, and the, the cables, original and all that, working condition, you know, as well as cartridges, because we never had cartridges. I, in fact, my grandfather, I, I, I want to say he had a tape player. We didn't have a tape player for the C64. We had a, a disk drive, a diskette, floppy, floppy diskette drive. SkyCop70 in the Twitch chat, who is also a sub of mine, thank you, SkyCop70, 
says, I was an Apple user since the company's inception, but after today, I am becoming a Google user. Apple has lost its luster and it's time to move on. This is a sentiment that I've seen a few times over. And, and not that I expect to be an ombudsman for those who you know, are, are, are in between uh, you know, Apple and they feel the same way and are, is Google an alternative. I, I've had a few people kind of ask me directly, well, you let me know what you think, Chris. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to let you know what I think. I ain't going to hold back. I owe nobody nothing. You know? You're going to get the straight uh, uh, scoop from me. Outright. I'm just, I'm, I'm brutal sometimes when it comes to that. And I, 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 I feel that it does you more of a service to know where my head's at. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I know I'm not alone in feeling. I, 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 I feel that it is, uh, it's reached close to a tipping point. And, and granted, I think the, the momentum behind Apple is going to be very difficult to topple. It, it's, it is Apple's race to lose in terms of user experience, but I think they've already lost it. And, and, and those who you know want to reinforce their own beliefs may disagree. But I, I say challenge your convictions. Why are you using Apple? Why do you like Apple? Is, is there, you know, uh, something that's, that they're doing that nobody else is doing? Or is that you've just invested so much in, in Apple products that you just can't see yourself leaping out of them? I think that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. In, in, in the sense that you're going to keep yourself from having a, a good experience where you could have had one otherwise. Because you're cutting yourself off. I feel that uh, it's okay. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna offend me if you say you're gonna stick with Apple. I don't, okay, fine. I don't <laughs> ain't my thing. I and I'm even fine in in, in bridging that gap between right now. It, it's going to be somewhat uh, potential disconnect depending on which phone I go with. I don't know if I'm going to be sticking with the iPhone as a primary device, or if I'm going to be using one of the Pixels. I don't know yet. Don't have an answer to the question, but I know things are going to get mixed up real quick. The Apple ecosystem is, is going to break. The value of, of what Apple provides is, is going to break. And I feel that it's, it's time, not just to break things. I don't like breaking things. I like when things work. But, you know, I, you, you're going to go. I, I go all in. And the fact that I get a free little home mini with the Pixel purchases, so I'll get two of them, even better. So there, there's two bits of experience. The next experience I would need to, to, to unlock would be a Chromecast. So I'm going to try it with one, see how well it works. I, you know, I, I don't really, and we really don't use, you know, the, the phone integrations with these devices all that much. The Apple TV works well enough as a standalone, although I can tell you this. I am so tired of Apple's voice recognition. And not just Siri, just the voice recognition. It's been a nightmare and a half. My daughter, Jedi, she, she asks you know, for certain videos. And so I'll search Perillo Vlogs on YouTube. And, and, and Google just doesn't, or, or, I'm sorry, not Google. Apple doesn't know how to interpret that. It, you know, it doesn't know my name is Perillo. It's misspelled it 13 different ways. It's yet to spell it correctly. Never spells vlogs. It's always blogs or, or logs or something else. It, you, you, it doesn't matter how clear you speak. It just never figures it out. It's, it's, just, it's a pain. And there's nothing the Apple TV can do outright that I can't get on some you know other device. 
apart from any kind of uh, investment in media, which honestly hasn't been all that deep, I've I've largely avoided uh, buying movies on any particular platform, if only to avoid any kind of lock-in. The only difference would be any uh, type of a Disney movie, which allows for Disney anywhere, which I appreciate greatly, to the nth degree. So I, I've always remained uh, flexible enough to to recognize that there could be something better. And if I keep myself from enjoying that something better or, or recognizing there's something better, I'm hurting myself. Just for the sake of um, pride. Because I, I don't want to change my mind because I'm afraid other people are going to, to judge me for changing my mind. you, you got to be careful if you label me because <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curveball. Some people say, oh, you know, Chris, I just found you. It's great. I'm like, just give me some time. I will upset you. <laughs> I uh, I know that there's no perfect solution. I I know that I've been longing for something that doesn't feel perfunctory. And today was uh, today was a, a a huge shot in the arm. And I don't like shots all that much. I don't like pain all that much. But I had fun today. Was today was very exciting for me. Very exciting. So now I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. How the heck am I going to do this? This is a very expensive proposition. I can't just go around replacing hardware. I'm getting the Pixel Book. I'm excited for that. Very excited. Um, more excited than the iPad Pro. But I may have to sell my iPad Pro with the keyboard at market rate, you know, just to recoup that cost. Because I don't need an iPad Pro and the Pixel Book. Personally, I feel like it would have more value in, in going towards something that I would use versus doing a comparison between the two. Maybe I'll do, a, you know, one comparison. Specifically, in terms of software, most likely, and experience, most likely, and then look to get rid of it at market rates. I don't really know if there's going to be a, a cohesive, uh, uh, I guess, formula for this podcast. You know, I like the integration of doing it live, I like the call in aspect when, when we can get that feature working on the recording end. I like the fact that you're able to, to join if I broadcast it on Twitch or simulcast it to, to ask questions, or in the uh, Discord chat room for both patrons and subs of mine on Twitch. I don't know if there's going to be any specific length. Some days it may be 15 minutes. Some days it may be a half hour. Some days it may be 45 minutes. And I feel like I, that, that, that would be a good time for today because I've kind of talked through a lot of the thoughts that I, I didn't have a chance to share earlier because I was answering a lot of questions or or uh, not really able to you know, talk through what it was I wanted to talk about. Moreover, I think the, the primary difference between the podcast format and a live video format is specifically how you take in the content. Some people only listen to podcasts. Some people only watch on YouTube. And there, there's not a, um, a dividing line, a definitive line between the two. It's not a, a necessarily mutually exclusive experience. You can get both. You can get all of them. If you want, I think that's a lot of Chris Perillo to take in. I can't even take in that much Chris Perillo on a daily basis. You're you're getting more Chris Perillo than uh, I do. <laughs> no, not quite. If only it were so simple. So stay tuned uh, for more uh, uh, information as it uh, unfolds. I have a, a slight surprise for everybody. Uh, this is something that I, I haven't really announced in, in video form outright. 
Um, the, uh, the Twitter feed, if you, if you head over to Twitter, you'll see in my profile, I'm replying to Dez. Ask Dez on Twitter. You may know Dez from a long time ago when we, when you did unboxings together. He's got a, a, a V30, an LG V30. He says, so I have a friend. He wants to try Android. Well, I've tried Android, Dez. Uh, <laughs> he says, tomorrow I'm unboxing this gym. Should we have him on the channel? The LG V30. What do you think? I, I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I did reply. And I say, well, you know, I normally stream in my pajama bottoms, <laughs> as a joke. But I think tomorrow I'm going to be uh, getting the uh, LG V30, so tomorrow's video in the Chris Perillo channel may actually be first impressions of the LG V30, which is going to throw everybody a curveball. You'd expect me to talk about the Pixel. I'll talk about the Pixel plenty. Don't worry about that. Especially when it, it gets here, whenever it gets here. Or the Pixel Book, or any of the, the new uh, items that are coming my direction. So uh, there's a little sneak peek for those of you who took the time to listen to... Uh, you know, this far into a podcast. Appreciate all the support in whatever way you see fit to give it, whether it's just simply subscribing, whether it's just simply listening, whether it's simply sharing, whether it's becoming a sub of mine on Twitch and getting access to the Discord chat, uh, or whether it's becoming a patron of mine or both. Patreon.com slash Chris Perillo. Any, anything you do will help. Or even if it's the super chats on... Uh, on YouTube, when, we, when I do a live video, every little bit helps. It adds up. You, you, you may be one individual, but I'm one individual too. One individual who appreciates you. And I love you. May the force be with you.